This episode is sponsored exclusively by Privacy.com. It's like a burner phone for your credit cards. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, go to Privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up at Privacy.com slash GOG. Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, we got a little follow-up here on uh, the Tech Revolt, which okay. was an interesting story in CaliforniaSunday.com, which I've never heard of. Neither had I. Yeah, but it's uh, it's a laundry list of people in the tech industry who are pushing back on people being assholes. I thought yeah. it was a very nice read. It was, I it was a breath of fresh air. Wish there were a lot more of them. <laughs> yes, yes. I highly recommend everybody check it out. It will be in our show notes at GOG.show slash 315. But there are quite a few people in some of these big companies that are pushing back. Um, sadly, some of them get fired for doing it, which sucks. <laughs> Most of them from, from the stories that were uh, in this particular <laughs> yeah. paper. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was a great article. I really enjoyed it. And it's nice to know that uh, people are trying to take a stand. Um, if only we had unions. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's why some people got fired trying to unionize. Uh, <laughs> doesn't really work, I guess. No. Well, what you going to do? What you going to do when they come for you? Uh, and I got a thing in here because uh, I talked about Bohemian Rhapsody on the last episode. Yes, and I believe you went down a bit of a rabbit hole that night as I got many a Slack message from you. Oh, yeah, yeah. A little wine, a little uh, pretty mercury <laughs> I, I trip down memory lane. I thought a little wine might have been involved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was. So I was just I was just having some cab and going through and watching tons of old Queen videos. But one of my favorite that I want to put in the show notes is the acapella version of Under Pressure. So you get to hear David Bowie and Freddie Mercury sans music. And uh, I, I love it. I've listened to this thing like a hundred times. I still get goosebumps every time I hear it. Yeah, well, if you want to completely ruin that vibe, go ahead and listen to the acapella version of uh, Dancing in the Streets with David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Oh, no, I'll pass on that. I'll like, pass wise, on that. Wise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, but it was just, it's a, it's a fun little video. I highly recommend everybody check it out. No, I would have liked to have uh, enjoyed all the videos that you were sending me last night. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's probably because I've worked for myself for the past 20 years and I'm rarely in an office environment, but I've always kind of bragged about the fact that I really used to never get sick. I would get sick like maybe once a year or it would last two days and I wouldn't feel bad at all. And uh, I remember when my wife was pregnant, my, my friends that had kids already and they were a bit older said, Oh, oh, oh you're going to be sick for the first four years. And uh, <laughs> we dodged the bullet for two years. But uh, once we put the kid in school in that petri disgusting dish, I literally think I've been not sick two days this entire month. So I was wow. uh, I was down for the count last night uh, on, a, on a NyQuil high. <laughs> oh, man. So <laughs> you need to uh, maybe up those uh, up those vitamins. Get some yeah, supplements. We're going to be doing a little supplements, which I, I loathe to take. But I think it's time because, uh, you know, the constant dousing and uh, with soap and water is not is not doing it. I, I'm tired of being tired. You're sick of being sick. Mm -hmm. Poor guy. That's what happens when you breed a disease factory. Yes. In the news. Apparently, we're getting some stats from Netflix about how many people are watching his shows. His shows? Do I, All of them? <laughs> Sorry. Netflix is a dude? <laughs> Netflix is a dude. Sorry. The show is called You, and I was reading Hunky Emo Psychic Killer, so then I said, uh, dude, I don't know why that all went. I guess, again, it's the, uh, today it's the day quill. As okay. Last night. So they're <laughs> yeah, they put out a bunch of numbers. Forty million member households in the four weeks since Netflix have watched uh, the show You, which I have not seen. Uh, Sex Education, which I it is great, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm watching it. is on track to be watched by forty million member households. Uh, the service of the Sandra Bullock movie Bird Box was watched by eighty million member households over that period of time. Um, so that's a lot of people watching stuff. Now here's the problem: Netflix is providing these stats. Yes. They are not third-party stats. They're saying, this is how many people are watching us. Do you have to take their word for it? <laughs> you have to take their word for it. And uh, as we all know, uh, people lie. Really? I've, I, I haven't noticed that. <laughs> I haven't yeah, noticed me, that. We've me, only not on the internet. Yeah. No, no, never on the internet. <laughs> not on the internet. No. 
everything you read on the internet is true. <laughs> it's big money. You know, if you if you figure that uh, you would pay the average American movie ticket costs about nine bucks and 40 or 80 million people watch Bird Box, that's serious dough. But uh, so they're doing pretty well. And so it's interesting, based on their stats, of course, a Netflix show in Turkish would have landed in network TV. Here's top 10 of shows based on audience. Pretty crazy. Interesting. It's a, Interesting. It's a new world out there. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we thought was a new world was BuzzFeed becoming this massive journalist, uh, wonderful place where, where they became a real news organization and were giving us real news. But unfortunately, they are now laying off more than 200 people, which is basically 15% of its employees throughout the company, not because they aren't making money, but because they want to reduce their costs and improve their operating models so they can thrive and control their own destiny without ever need to, needing to raise funding again. So... I, yeah. I love that. Over the past year, revenue growth alone wasn't enough to avoid the cost cuts. Uh, I what I, is then? <laughs> exactly. Isn't that the whole point of being That's in business? The whole point is revenue of growth. Revenue growth, and you keep going, and you get bigger. That's the whole point. Uh, there's on an article on, There's an article <laughs> on BuzzFeed this week. The top ten reasons why you can't trust your CEO. That's going to be it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I hope uh, these 225 people that are getting cut are from the listicle division. Please be from the listicle please. division. Or the headline writers. Let's get yeah. rid of that. Uh, but it was a bad day all over for the media world. The same day Verizon, which owns AOL and Yahoo, also announced that it is cutting 800 jobs. Although, to be fair, they are from AOL and Yahoo. So they could probably go away. But it does make me wonder, is there now a business model at all for news in this current environment? Not that there ever really was. We all have to remember news divisions were sinkholes. The entire rest of everything else paid for news. News was not supposed to pay for itself. That's something that started in like the late 80s and 90s. So we thought there might be a model probably even before that. Yeah, probably the 70s, late 70s. the way it worked out was when the FCC gave you Spectrum for your TV show, you had to devote a certain amount of time to public awareness programming. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they created the news. That's yeah. why we have the news, because yes. that was that got around the FCC regulations for how much they can give back. And then everything did go to shit when Ted Turner <laughs> was not killed as a child. And <laughs> uh, he decided to create CNN. And then we got the 24 hour news cycle. And that started the whole debacle. And now we've got, you know, it's, it's ridiculous. But there are too many news outlets now. And everybody's fighting for that little tiny piece of the pie. Yes, and and it's ridiculous. A lot of people don't really care for news anyways, especially now that they're being bombarded with other things that they can watch instead. So, yeah, I don't know if there's a if there's an actual business model for news out there anymore. I really don't. We're just uh, we see any organization that gets out there and tries to do it is is getting layoffs right now. So. Yep, yep. HuffPo got uh, had a round of layoffs, so twenty employees from uh, HuffPo are getting gone. So mm, again, HuffPo, AOL, Yahoo—not too big of a loss there. Oath. <laughs> We're at oath. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's part of that four point six billion dollar write down. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. my god, it's so great. I love it so much. But I feel—I actually—I don't feel bad for the Huffington Post writers who are getting laid off because I don't like the Huffington Post at all. I used to—I used to enjoy it. It was a great. As an aggregator at the very beginning, it was great. But uh, as soon as they started to try to develop their own content and all of that, it just went off the rails. Yeah, whatever. Ariana, (laughs) bite my Wonka. Uh, Gannett, which is a major, major news publisher, had a huge round of layoffs because they they own 109 local media companies. They owned USA Mm -hmm. Today. USA Today, tomorrow, the world. Uh, but, <laughs> but a company called Digital First is trying to buy them. And uh, it's been a whole whole thing over there. But they, I mean, they're laying off Pulitzer Prize winners. It's like, uh, guys, you know, well, if you're trying to can... make the news, you might want to have the guys who are good at it yeah. <laughs> stick well, around. But, you know, those guys, I'm sure, will just go off and start their own podcasts. Oh, great. Just what we need. <laughs> more podcasts. All right. Well, in continuing journalism news, there is a whole new uh, group of companies out there that are trying to solve the fake news problem, as it were. So there they are basically there's a a U.S. startup called NewsGuard. This is one of the big ones that uh, basically goes around, uh, reads all the websites and kind of ranks them based on deceptive headlines, source linking, editorial transparency, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, For instance, the Mail Online in the U.K., the Daily Mail Online, got a crappy rating and the because they've made a deal with uh, which browser? Microsoft. They made a deal with Microsoft. So it, it, it's this uh, NewsGuard plugin comes shipped with Edge and you can switch it on and it'll basically tell you any news source that you're reading will get a reliability score. 
which in theory is not a bad idea. But again, who watches the watchers? Exactly. Yeah. We need, yeah. need multiple sources on this because, you know, their bias is going to creep in and mm-hmm. then they're going to get like, oh, you're too liberal. Oh, you're too conservative. Oh, you're too libertarian. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. They're going to you know, yeah. try and label them. Whatever with. brush they want to paint it with. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so. luckily, it's only in the Microsoft's Edge browser. So no one's seeing this. And Edge is going away. So we know <laughs> that because they did a deal and they're using the whole Chromium. Now, is it Chromium? Whatever yeah. the rendering engine is that uh, Chrome comes with. So they're they're getting rid of Edge anyway. So I think that'll be interesting how that goes. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, Microsoft always has this amazing ability to just keep coming back with shitty ass browsers all the time. Let's I know. What they, happens. Uh, they need to get out of the browser business altogether. But like the proverbial cockroach from the nuclear war, much like Microsoft's uh, browsers, MoviePass is coming back again. Oh, God. They just cannot die. I don't know who is continuing to give them money, but they are still around and they are once again making changes to their membership plans. They have announced that they will be bringing back the no price or no price for it hasn't been announced a price yet, but they're bringing back the unlimited plan. Now, the only way they could make money, as we know, is if this is going to be very expensive. So we shall see if we're just going to be doing. We can actually just run reruns of our shows if they just do yeah, the same shit again. Yeah, exactly. We can just go back, <laughs> go back to the well, because the only way that they're going to, you know, make anything is, yeah, they got to jack their price up, but they also are selling your data. And the the guy came out and said, look, we know where you're going to dinner before you go to the movie. We know where you're going to dinner after the movie or things like that, because they're yeah. tracking your location because they, they have to do the geofencing when you open the app because you put in your credit card you get from them and it has to be within like 300 feet of the theater right. for it to be activated which yep. means they're tracking you all the time and he came out and said it and then he backpedaled right away and said <laughs> oh no 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 I, I, I did i say that out loud i meant to I use wasn't my supposed indoor to voice. say that <laughs> yeah oopsie so uh yeah just stay away from movie pass honestly just stay away and I love this one. MIT researchers claim Amazon's recognition, of course, with a K, is susceptible to bias. Now, this is their facial analysis software, and it apparently has problems with uh, different skin color and genders. Go Oops. figure. Amazon is, of course, coming back saying, no, 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 of course it doesn't. We're, we're fine. We're fine. Everything's good. But, you know, the study kind of bared it out. And all of these facial recognition programs right now have a problem with gender bias because they just can't quite figure it out. So it's going to be a while until this thing is really a thing. Because remember, remember Google Photos when they mm-hmm. were identifying African Americans as gorillas? Yeah, that, that, that was a fun one. Well. That went over <laughs> real well. So I think this stuff is not ready for prime time and they should just kind of shelve it for now. But, you know, they're not going to. No. Any more Amazon news? I had this is this is mind boggling. Amazon has 10,000 employees dedicated to Alexa. Is that not crazy? I'm actually not that surprised by that. It's it's their flagship product right now. And they're really they're in a war and they know it. They, they It's going to be Google. It's, it's not going to be Apple unless something massive changes or it's going to be Amazon. So, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, the big things they're really working on, of course, machine learning and making Alexa more knowledgeable. They want it to be so when you ask Alexa a question, it gives you an answer no matter what. So right. they've got a lot. I think a lot of people are just doing data entry out of those 10,000. <laughs> they're just like <laughs> they're copying Wikipedia entries. I don't think they're fact checking them, but I think they're copying Wikipedia entries. And they're also working on giving Alexa a personality. Right. So I have not plugged my Alexa back in in quite some time or my Echo. Um in quite some time. So I have not heard the new uh, newscaster voice for the the daily briefing. Have you heard the new newscaster voice? No, because I got so annoyed at the daily briefing uh, system uh, a long time ago. I stopped using my daily briefing. I should probably go back and try it again because I liked it at first. But then, you know, everybody, instead of uh, plugging in their own podcast and their own voices, it was just using the voice to read headlines. And that was so stupid and annoying. I couldn't take it anymore. I don't want robot news. So. No robot news. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like all you have to do is upload an MP3, guys. It's not that yep. hard. But uh, you <laughs> remember know, when we were just... briefly thinking about trying to do that? Oh, we did do that for a while. We did forty episodes of Up to Speed, and yep. a lot of people really liked that. But man, it was just like taking me way too much time every day. But it, that was the goal was to get it on on the Echo yep. at some yep. point. But just doing the top five news stories and recording it and writing it took four <laughs> hours a day. Yeah, it's crazy. Nobody got job. time for that. Yeah. Who knew? Seriously. News is hard. 
Oh, wow. Well, actually, we weren't even reporting the news. We were just stealing the news and re-recording it, <laughs> kind of like we're doing right now. And uh, so we'll see. I, I, I need to plug my, my Echo back in because I kind of miss it. But I have to hmm. do it on the down. I have to do it on the DL. <laughs> just keep <laughs> just it in, in your studio. Yeah, we'll just keep it in the garage. Now, I ran across this this morning. Uh, this was, I think this was on Instagram as a sponsored post. And it's Amazon beta testing program. And it was a video of Harrison Ford <laughs> opening up this like crazy sci-fi box and going and like, you know, Alexa talked to him and he's like, nope, don't like this already and close the box, which I thought was funny. <laughs> I thought it was cute. What right. this turns out, though, is this is just a tease for their Super Bowl commercial that's coming. Mm. That's really all it is, you know, right. and there's a couple of videos that they have up there. He's like, you've been granted visitor access to the following research files to see more declassified testing footage. Tune into the big game on 2319. So, oh, yes, the big this is game. just a tease. Yeah. <laughs> I, have you noticed that nobody in L.A. really cares that we're in the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I think you run you run in non sports sports ball circles. I, I have quite a few more sports fans in my life and, and quite a few people are excited about it. Okay, I mean, I was even listening to Kevin and Bean the other morning. They're like, nobody seems to care that we're in the Super Bowl. So it wasn't just me, you know, but anyway. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the football anyways. It's not it's not my sport, but I'm excited about the Rams. I'm going to go out and watch the game. So and root for them. Go Rams. Okay. Yay. Yay. Go Rams. Sports ball. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyways, uh, over on Bob Lefzitz. Blog, you still read usually, that crap <laughs> not much anymore i basically delete them when they come in because 99 times out of 10 they're just ads for his podcast now so mm. um but this one i did read because it's about pledge music i don't know if you are aware of pledge music but it's you know it's your crowd fund it's your general crowdfunding platform that tried to niche themselves for music hence music being in the name um awful lot of bands use it uh we went with patreon bands use patreon as well but pledge is kind of set up you know they have default tool- tools that basically make sense to musicians touring right albums all that sort of stuff well <laughs> do you remember the band fastball fastball they did I... the song called the way in the 90s that was a huge k-rock hit no not really yeah. uh ringing a bell well, I've got the link in our show notes to the video, and I think it's a, it's a pleasant enough song. They were basically kind of one-hit wonders, but they're still kicking around, as you can do if you go out and directly crowdfund things and don't rely on labels anymore. So good for them. Uh, unfortunately, they're not getting paid. Pledge Music doesn't have the money, which is theirs. Wait a minute. So people give, people give money to Pledge Music, and then the money just disappears? It just goes away? Well... Apparently, I guess you get paid in stages uh, by Pledge Music, and uh, they are owed money. They were due 20K on the on January 1st, and Pledge said, well, hold on, wait a while. We're, we're going to give it to you over time, and their manager pushed for the money, and Pledge went silent, and they have now gotten a, not gotten a return call from Pledge Music in over three weeks. So obviously, they don't have the money. So Pledge Music basically has absconded and they're in the Cayman, so they don't have a phone. <laughs> That's uh, something like that. What it seems that's been going on is it is the equivalent of a Ponzi scheme. Um, they take in some money and they use the money that they just got from you to pay somebody that they'd owed money for months from. And it just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling because they didn't have a good business plan. And it's a very low market business plan to begin with. And they've not been using their cash well. Uh, so yeah, it's as, as he points out, it's one thing to run out of cash. It's quite another to use other people's cash to keep the lights on. And that seems to be what they're doing. Somebody's going Not to jail. <laughs> well, one would hope so. And it isn't a single case after he wrote this, there was a follow-up as you know, he gets, he does his reader's mailbag things as well. And it was story after story after story of band after band and solo artists and management saying pledge screwed us too. They kept our, we, we had to fight them for almost a year to get our money back. Some, some of them took deals to take less of the money that they should have got because that's all they were going to get. Wow. This is insane. This stuff is happening. Wow, definitely. So I, I'm wondering who the guys behind this are. And the problem is we don't have a government right now, so there's nobody probably at home <laughs> at the FTC to. Well, uh, the thing is, this looks bad for the band. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's, it's, uh, we used to have these frustrations all the time back when I was working in the music business. If the label screwed something up, nobody look, goes, hey, you stupid label. It's no, you stupid band. What are you doing? So the band looks bad, not pledge. And this had become a real 
industry. I mean, this is what a lot of musicians are doing now. Now, obviously, they can go to Indiegogo, they can go to Kickstarter, they can go to other platforms. But is this a sign of things to come with all these other platforms as well? How well are they doing financially? Are they on razor's edge with money as well? Because it's not a big business, apparently. At least it's not a high margin business. They have to raise their rates. They have to raise their percentages, I suppose, which cuts back into band stuff again. And hey, wow, we're kind of back to being a label, aren't we? Yep. And I want you to tell me if any of this reads true, because Pledge Music has just released a statement about this. Okay. Pledge, Pledge Music has always been committed to serving artists and fan communities. It was established by artists and was born of a need to change the way in which the traditional music industry operated. <laughs> Sounds like it's pretty much the traditional music industry so far. <laughs> it was designed to help artists and their teams at entry level. That said, we deeply regret that recently we have not lived up to the high standards to which Pledge Music has always held itself. We acknowledge that many artists have and continue to experience payment delays. These delays to artists are unacceptable, not only to them, but to us. While the company has made progress, we still haven't reached our goals. Pledge Music has been in discussions with several strategic players in the industry who have an interest in the Pledge Music platform. Meaning they're trying to get more funding. Exactly. <laughs> Rob Peter to pay Paul. Mm -hmm. We are evaluating a number of transactions with those potential partners, and we plan to announce details of this in the next 60 days. It's our expectation the payments will be brought current within the next 90 days. As of now, we are working through the backlog of correspondence with artists and teams to clarify their payment plans, and your patience is appreciated as we complete this task. I think that the landlords for these artists are probably not as patient, and they would like their rent. Uh, that's just Yeah, well, or, or even if you were about to embark on a tour. If yep. you don't get that money, you can't go on tour. So now you have to offset, you, know, you have to cancel your tour, you have to reschedule everything, you lose more money. Not a load of crap. Furthermore, we are also working to address the fulfillment issues that some of our customers have experienced in turn, often as a direct result of artist payment issues. Despite the unfortunate circumstances, the passionate inquiries and messages of support on social media from fans are appreciated, acknowledged, and understood. I highly doubt they're getting messages of support on social media at this point, but yeah. Me too. Because <laughs> social media is well known for being a place where people go to and don't kick people when they're down. Oh, yes. It's so We're uplifting. also supportive. <laughs> we all go to Twitter to be uplifted every day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah we are so. deeply yeah finally we are deeply sorry that we have not lived up to the high standards to which pledge music always held itself we are committed as a company of passionate music lovers to get things back on track as quickly as possible sincerely pledge music and uh yeah yeah i mean i i i hate to see this happen i mean i was so against the crowdfunding stuff when it first came out but uh it did become. It has become a viable way for bands that. Uh, let's face it, the major labels aren't going to be signing old bands anymore. But there's still a market for it. There's still an audience. The, these people, there are people out there that still love fastball. Apparently, enough to put twenty thousand dollars to them to do an album or whatever they were doing. Uh, this is the market now for anybody that isn't Cardi B or Rihanna. This yeah. is where musicians go to do things crowdfunding and and to see a big company like this the biggest i mean that was their whole point they niched themselves completely as we are doing nothing except for working with musicians and to see them fail and fuck up and screw all these musicians is just it's sad bums me out no it sucks <laughs> but uh maybe guys try patreon because they seem to be on the ball they've got enough funding and they've got enough people that work there that actually get shit done so fingers crossed Mm -hmm. Hopefully we won't get an email from Patreon next month saying it's going to be three month appointment program. <laughs> true. Uh, anyways, yeah. uh, now I was going to read this entire article, but I've decided to keep all of our sanity. Did you read uh, Mark Zuckerberg's op-ed opinion in the Wall Street Journal? I did not. Would you care to summarize it for me? Can I have the TLDR, please? Uh, here's the TLDR. I don't know who the fuck he wrote this for. Okay. I, I don't other than he's trying to convince himself that they aren't that bad um, because people who don't give a shit about everything that Facebook is doing and people who don't care about the past two years straight of negative news about Facebook don't need to read this and won't read this from Mark Zuckerberg and the people who will read it and who do care about it know this is a complete load of shit like all this is is word salad as you were so fond of saying mm -hmm. uh, talking about how we're sorry that we screwed up. Uh, we're, things that we're doing aren't really bad. This is actually in your best interests. Uh, hey, it's all going well. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> sure, we collect some information, <laughs> but ultimately, I believe the most important principles around data are transparency, choice, and control, of which Facebook gives us none of those. No transparency, no choice, and no control. So everything that he writes in here, it's almost like he's trying to convince himself that this is the way his business runs, but we all know it's not. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, so it's... Uh... I suggest you go read it, Jason. I know you're one of the few people that has managed to get off Facebook, and I'm going to get to that in a second. But I think this is a really good look into the how the mind of a Silicon Valley CEO slash God thinks about themselves these days. I'm scanning it right now, and it just it it reads like a a page pages of bullshit. It just really well, reads like pages what it of is. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if this was the print version of the Wall Street Journal, this is toilet paper. Somewhere that ads create a misalignment of interest between us and people who use our services. I'm often asked if we have an incentive to increase engagement on Facebook because that creates more advertising real estate, even if it's not in people's best interests. We're very focused on helping people share and connect more because the purpose of our service is to help people stay in touch with family, friends, and communities. Fuck you. No, it's not. No, You're it's a public not. corporation. It is, that is not the point. Yeah. And you have never acted like it's the point. And that's not what Facebook is doing right now. It's so, it's so frustrating to read these things. Yeah. Ah. Clickbait and other junk may drive engagement in the near term, but it would be foolish for us to show this intentionally because it's not what people want. But you still do it anyway. You don't do anything that people want. Where's my straight up news feed? Non-algorithmic. That's what yep. people want. That's what everybody wants. Everybody wants want it back. the timeline. Yep. <laughs> yep. I do. And I, and I got to say, the new Twitter app, which is still a steaming pile of garbage for iOS. You still, mm -hmm. you can turn on the see it in chronological order. Now, now, if you yep. don't pay attention, it will switch back switch to the other back. one. Yeah. It switches back all the time, which is <laughs> beyond annoying. <laughs> as soon as you blink, you know, every time you open it, you just got to check it and see what they're yep. doing because they will, they will try and flip it back on you no matter what, because the algorithm yep. is what they're trying to push. And same with Facebook. So right. yeah, yep. God, God, if I had balls, I would quit Facebook. I'm pretty proud of you for this. But uh, related, Kashmir Hill, we talked about her uh, and she, how she's going through and blocking the tech giants. And we talked about Amazon in the last uh, episode that we did. Her Facebook one has come out. And um, <laughs> I cut Facebook out of my life. Surprisingly, I missed it. And she went through. And I'm going to give her full kudos for this. She didn't just quit Facebook. No Facebook. No Instagram. No WhatsApp. No Facebook Messenger. No Anavo. No Oculus Rift. Anything that Facebook owns, she got herself off of. So this is true for once. A journalist saying, okay, it's not just Facebook. It's everything Facebook owns. Mm -hmm. Good on you. So she quit them all and uh, for like a week or something like that. And basically, she found out everything that I've said about Facebook. It sucks to be off of it because so many people rely on it now. It is the main way that so many of us stay in touch with our friends, that we learn about things. People assume if they post it on Facebook, you know about it. And you don't make the phone calls or anything anymore. She talks about like not knowing that one of her friends was pregnant because she wasn't on Facebook when she made the announcement. Her friend made the announcement about it and all that sort of stuff. So it's pretty. Um, God, this between Zuckerberg's stupid op ed and then reading her struggling with leaving Facebook. It's totally bummed me out. We need another solution. We need I something know. else out there. There is such a fucking gaping hole in the market for something good to come out that everybody can jump to. <sighs> yeah, just nobody's Damn building it. it. Nobody's, nobody's building, building it. it. And in I, fact, at the end of this article, not only did she end up going back to Facebook, um, but she ended up convincing <laughs> her, her, one of the person, one of her editors who was never on Facebook or Instagram read a draft of this particular story that she submitted, and he ended up joining Facebook. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, man. Because <laughs> he, he was reading everything that, people now do on facebook and the way that it really does connect us even though we're getting fucked and screwed left right and center he's like i guess i need to be on facebook uh, the and, law know, of unintended consequences <laughs> oh. yep so yeah there you go I, I have fallen out of touch with a lot of people that i used to talk to on facebook because that's the only place that they talk and you know yep. i've i've started to build an email like just a, like a part of my contact list and set reminders to just reach out to people and just drop them an email or a text just to say hi, because there there are definitely people that I've lost touch with because of it. And, you know, I'm I'm not going back to Facebook. There's nothing that's going to get me back on there, <laughs> period. It is just a dumpster fire. So I'm just reaching out the old fashioned way. That's all, all right. you can do. That's all you can do, because, you know, I can't change their behavior, but I can change my behavior. 
So yep. that's what I'm going to focus on. All right. Well, in case you're keeping score, uh, first up, she did Amazon and found out that the web is entirely unusable if you want to avoid Amazon. And secondly, she quit Facebook and ended up convincing somebody who wasn't on it to join. Not this looking is, good so far. Next up, Google. Well. <laughs> this is not going well at all. Oh, man. This is the world we made for ourselves. This episode is sponsored by Privacy.com. Privacy is the first payments product that keeps your personal information private while being even more convenient than using a regular credit card online. Privacy lets you generate a brand new Visa card number for every purchase you make online with one click with their browser extension or mobile app. We all buy stuff online more and more, and Privacy gives you a temp card number for every site you buy from. Never forget to cancel subscriptions or trials ever again. And that alone is worth the price of admission, and that price is free. They make their money the same way debit cards do with the interchange fees paid by merchants, so you get this service for nothing. Turns out that Amazon Fresh has been charging me $17 a month for almost a year, and I didn't know where this came from. And I had to fight with American Express several times to get the charges reversed, and I thought somebody stole my credit card. We've got new credit cards and everything just kept happening, but it turns out it was just a stupid add-on from Amazon, but privacy caught it. And it told me exactly where it came from. So I could go in and fix it. So I'm never going to get charged again. So right there, privacy was worth the price of admission, which was free. And I am extraordinarily happy with the service. You have to get this. If you use a password manager, and why don't you if you listen to the show, you should be using privacy.com. You don't use the same password everywhere. And why should you use the same credit card number? I have changed all of my cards over to privacy. And it gives me just peace of mind at night. Cards are locked to a merchant, so you don't have to worry about changing your card everywhere if one gets hacked. And sign-up takes less than two minutes. And like I said, it's free. To sign up for free and get a $5 credit, just go to privacy.com slash GOG. That's $5 free to spend anywhere by just signing up. Privacy.com slash GOG. Get on it now. And I'm telling you, it works. It worked for me. It can work for you. Security? Ha! We're back this week with Toothless Dave Bittner from the CyberWire podcast. <laughs> the CyberWire is a free community-driven cybersecurity news service based in Maryland. Dave is also the co-host of the new Hacking Humans podcast, along with Joe Kerrigan, who filled in for Dave last week while he was getting his little toothy fixed, <laughs> where they take on social engineering. How you doing, Dave? It's great to be back. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, it's really, really super. Sibilance. Sibilance. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, you know, had my tooth pulled last week. First time I'd ever been through that experience. It, it's weird having somebody in your mouth with a pair of pliers yanking. Uh, it's weird, <laughs> but uh, yes, it is. All's, all's well that ends well. And um, it seemed to be healing fine. It made me wonder, boy, what would this? What must this have been like in the days before we had Novocaine and painkillers and things like that? It must whiskey, been, whiskey, yeah, yeah that's yep. true, right? Good point. <laughs> Lots good point. of whiskey. Lots of whiskey. Yep. But yeah, doing dental work, you wouldn't even have anything to bite down on, I guess. Right. Yep. So anyway, all all's well that ends well. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Today's the first day I really feel like I'm not noticing the the missing tooth. So you know. It's it's get, getting old ain't for wimps. Let me tell you that. Right. <laughs> so, but thank it's you. It's a real thanks, man uh, to get old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for having Joe on. I listened to the show. It sounded great. It sounded like you guys had a good time. So we did. We did. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you for uh, hooking us up with Joe. I thought he did a great job. Yeah. So moving on to the news this week. I saw this in the New York Times and I wanted to put it in here because this made me happy. Hmm. Uh, the article's titled In the Rush to Join the Smart Home Crowd, Buyers Should Beware. Mm -hmm. And this is a story about how people need to be aware of the security risks that are inherent in buying these IoT devices that are rushed to market. Mm -hmm. right. And I'm happy about this because it's in the New York Times, not some weird nerd blog that we usually source from. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like real people are reading this. So this is a good thing, I think, that, you know, it's finally hitting the mainstream, even though we've been yelling at the mountaintops for years. Mm -hmm. But it's it's good that people are starting to be aware of all of the crap that is out there that people can buy and like, oh, Chinese video cameras and things like that that never get updated or have default passwords. Right. Right. And certainly all the commercials for the IoT refrigerators that we're seeing everywhere now, which God knows why anybody would want or need. But uh, yeah. And, and toilets. 
Don't forget right. toilets. Toilets. Yeah. Yes. Toilets. <laughs> That's the IOP, not the IOT. Yeah. Um, and, and some good stuff in here. Things like, uh, you know, aim for big brands because they're more likely to be around and, and continue to do updates and follow up on things. You know, that as, as we've learned, that super cheap, no name brand camera on that you get from Amazon that's on a direct boat from China might not be <laughs> secure out of the box. Yeah, it, um, it comes with a it comes with a lifetime <laughs> subscription to Shodan because right. that's where you yeah. that's where you actually go to watch your videos along mm-hmm. with everybody else. Probably easier than using the the app that they provide. You with yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Definitely better than the Amcrest app. My God, is that thing terrible? <laughs> I have but. to say, uh, you know, I we often joke about how why would anyone want this? Why would anyone need this? And la- last week, um, it was really really cold. Around here in uh, in Maryland, we had temperatures in the teens, and it was also my wife's birthday, hmm. and Happy so birthday. I was yeah I was gonna it was it was a big one she turned fifty, and I was going to get up and make her some um, breakfast. I was going to bake some uh, cinnamon rolls in the oven, and it struck me as I was there in my nice toasty warm bed with my flannel sheets, I was thinking, boy, this is the moment when I would love to have an IoT oven. If I could just <laughs> reach over to my phone and preheat, pre, not have to, you know, put on my slippers and, and <laughs> throw on a robe and go downstairs to the, the cold <laughs> kitchen and heat up the uh, oven. Okay, I get it. This is, this, is, this is the moment when it would be worth it. Well, you can so. always get a nest just to heat up the house if you want one of those. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there are steps you could take that uh, yeah, get true. before that, make or the, make... you know, just have a maid. <laughs> yeah, so you have a maid. Yeah, you have children. You can just text them and say, "Go, go, heat up the oven. I'm cold." Mm-hmm. Right. That's I what do, I yeah. made you for. Yeah, that's what that's you're true. here for. I use that line a lot. That works very well for walking the dog on weekends. I send the send a couple <laughs> emojis of walk the dog, and then the dog gets walked. So yeah, right. that's good. There you go. It's One like rem- f- it's like it's remote control for mm-hmm. for children. Little robot it, for the house. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm actually getting a nest uh, next month because there's a like this secret program in California where you can sign up and they will come clean all your ducts and give you a free nest for your house. Really? And mm-hmm. yeah, we found out about this through some builders that we know because my, my roommate's a real estate broker and they, one of the uh, builders she was dealing with told her about this. So we signed up for it. So they're coming next month. We get free duct cleaning for all of our vents and everything, all of huh. our duct work. And they're giving us a free nest on the state of California. So I'm like, swing. I'll Why are they it. doing this? Is this to 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 incentivize you to yes. to put in the technology? Yes. I, well, yeah. and also just the general uh, cleaning out the ducts and all that energy savings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they they often they often drop off just free uh, LED light bulbs with different tips on how to save energy, which I thought was pretty cool. So, like huh. most of the lights in our house, we got for free. Wow. Because they, they just drop them off in these little bags with, you know, pamphlets and things like that. So we throw mm-hmm. the pamphlets away and put them in a landfill. So they, you know, basically destroy the planet. But then we, we plug in but our you're LED lights. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Have you warned them that uh, they're going to need to bring extra vacuum bags for the, the clogs <laughs> of dog hair? They're going to be in all of the, all the ducks. <laughs> Seriously, you have no idea. I actually have to replace the furnace filter like once every two weeks. It's so really. Dirty. We, wow. we also we also have a fireplace, so we're always running the right. fireplace because mm. now that's what I would like. I would like an internet enabled fireplace, so I don't have to go out and get wood all the time. <laughs> but I need yeah. a little robot that'll come in and put the wood in, and then you know right. light it up. So when I come in, it's just nice and yep. toasty, warm. Well, again, a laugh, child. But I basically have that, except you know I have an electric fireplace, and I got one of those little switches that I could connect to my uh, my <laughs> lady in the tube. Uh, to put it on, so I can basically just say, uh, "Alexa, turn on the fireplace," and it's quite nice. Nice. That's I saw cool. they're offering those now, where they have—I guess it's some sort of pre-recording that sounds like a wood fireplace. So it it clicks. And oh, you pops get the crackles. And, and yeah, all it gives you the crack. Because <laughs> to me, that's one of the the I don't know sensual parts of a of a fire is that the sound and the right, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's neat. I like, you know I like where we need that, that first. We need we need the car noise put on the Prius so I hear those fuckers when they come around the corner and don't stop at a stop sign. <laughs> yeah. Same thing with a Tesla too, and the yeah. BMWs. Any electric car, they need to go vroom vroom because those <laughs> things are deadly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we got a little off the rails there, so That's let's get okay. back to what we were talking about. <laughs> yep. So let's uh, to go back to those geeky blogs that nobody reads. Uh, mm. Somebody sent this from VPNRanks.com. Um, 
Public Internet Access, which is Jason and I's uh, VPN of choice, the weapon of choice, has uh, appointed the ex-CEO of Mount Gox, Mark Carpellas, as CTO. Is it time for me to get a new VPN? I don't know what the fuck they were I don't know thinking, what thinking with this. <laughs> He's still oh. facing charges of embezzlement. Uh, Japanese authorities have arrested him, and they're still carrying out the investigation. Just as a company... Would you hire somebody under investigation for a no. <laughs> no. What's going on here? Yeah, Dave, I'm, do you have any insights? Uh, I do not. I can I can relate this to um, you know, the guy who was just grabbed by the Russians. Who um, you know, the Russians nabbed this guy. They handed him a, a flash drive full of names, and they nabbed him for being a spy. Right. Um, he was the um, guy. What was he? He was like the CISO. I apologize if I get this, don't get this precisely right, but he was the CISO at um, like Borg, Borg Warner, a, a major part supplier in the automotive right. industry. And um, but he also had some not perfect things in his past uh, with run ins with the law and so forth. And that was something we were wondering with him. How does how does a guy get to be as high up in the ranks doing security for a company if you have a checkered past, I mean, I suppose some people wear it as a badge of honor. You've got the, you know, the Kevin Mitnicks of the world who, uh, right. who, who have traded off of that and, and, you know, say they're reformed and, and so on and so forth. But this doesn't seem quite like that. Yeah. No. This does not seem like that at all. He's yeah. still under investigation and nobody knows where the money is. So it's kind of like, I'm, I'm scratching my head on this. I want to, I want to make a phone call. I want to talk to somebody. Over at London Trust Media and ask, well, me too, because we not only personally use it, we have been recommending this to all of our listeners as well. So this is a bit of a head scratcher and a cause for concern for for us here. I I need to know what's going on. Yeah. The response online has been uh, in line (laughs) with yours. Lots of of head scratching and what's going on here. So I don't know. All right. We'll be following up on that. And in the meantime, I guess I should pull out the uh, the plugs on our social feeds, at least temporarily. (laughs) put them on pause yeah yeah well uh in case you missed it uh we had the big massive mortgage and dota loan data leak the uh couple weeks ago from the exposed elastic search server that was found without a password which contained all this highly sensitive financial data as one would expect since it's mortgage and loan data uh it's gotten worse uh the data has been exposed again but this time it's all the original documents um as the as this person said in this article i would assume that after such publicity like these guys had the first thing you would do is check if your cloud storage is down or at least password protected <laughs> you'd think wouldn't yeah. you <laughs> yep you'd think but yeah. they didn't and once again it's of course on an amazon s3 bucket right no and and also third party risk this is a this is a supplier <laughs> A, yep. You know, company hired a company hired a company, and that company who, wait for it, is a startup, um, <laughs> had didn't secure the uh, the bucket, and off we go. So, yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard a, again another sort of related story to this, where folks were using these sorts of data dumps um, as part of a social engineering thing, where they were getting people's direct deposits rerouted. So wow. they would take okay. the information you can get from these things, which includes signatures, social security numbers, all sorts of personal information. They would basically send a note to HR in a large, if someone worked for a large organization, they'd send mm-hmm. a note to HR, including the person's signature, all the information they need. And they'd say, hey, I got a new bank account. Um, can you please transfer my direct deposits to this new account? And HR right. would look at it and say, well, this all checks out. This is all the information. And then the next time it was pay period, um, that money goes to the bad guys instead of to the person and usually takes them a couple of days to, to figure out. And by that time, they're long gone. Look, so, I mean, I could easily fall prey to kind of social manipulation with my mortgages. I, a different company buys my mortgage out every month. It's yeah. always a different company. And if I got a letter just telling me, I would probably just be like, okay, well, there you go. It's another company now. And send my money off to somebody else, <laughs> not on purpose. And it could happen so easily if all this information is out there. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, this next story uh, comes from uh, the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee from the House of Representatives in our fine U.S. government, which, as we record this, is still shut down. Wow. Yeah, I'm actually half surprised I could get to this Web page, but um, uh, Bipartisan Cyber Diplomacy Act of 2019. Um, Take phone away from president. <laughs> right. Step one. Uh, this Secure is, uh, the phone. Yeah. Uh, this is the. Uh, Build the a wall around the phone. <laughs> head of the uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee. This is uh, Republican uh, Mike McCall. He is from Texas, uh, along with the chairman, Elliot Engel, a Democrat from New York, have introduced this, the Cyber Diplomacy Act of 2019. And this is basically just recognizing the importance of cybersecurity um, saying that uh, there will be a high-level ambassador for cyberspace to lead the State Department's diplomacy efforts, um, help create international policy, particularly when it comes to folks like Russia and China, outline objectives and, and all that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's um, representative so we- of what continues to be a... Uh, a nice bipartisan recognition that that we need to do something important. about the cyber. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this it, it, this is one area where it seems as though you don't have anybody saying that it's fake news or <laughs> you know, that it's a well, it's it's a vast conspiracy from either side. They they all seem to agree don't, that. But also, nothing really seems to be happening. I, I I just want us all to cast our minds back to two years ago. When this horrible administration came in and there was the one glimmer, glimmering bit of hope was that they seemed to have a plan. Right. About the cyber. Yep. yep. Nothing's happened. Well, yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with the hollowing out of the State Department, which has yep. absolutely happened. They've lost so much. Um, uh, so many people, so many experienced people have left or and it just yep. trickles down. So. We're in a bad place I, I, it's, in terms of this diplomacy stuff, thanks to that. And I think it's going to take years yeah. for our country to recover. But certainly recognition here from some folks in Congress that this is important. And I guess one of the few bipartisan things we can still point to and say, well, maybe there's some hope here or there's something we agree on. Right. Right. Well, I like the fact that it's an ambassador, not a czar. We, we've we've <laughs> stepped away from the term czar <laughs> right. for all of these these appointees because yeah you know Russia but yeah. uh, we, we just have we, we just have the, <laughs> let's the not, let's czar not point in charge. out that connection <laughs> yeah I mean we've got a czar in the White House already we don't need one in in the State Department now I guess mm-hmm. so, right mm-hmm. yeah but uh, this is a good thing yeah so this last one I have this week um, this is from the folks at uh, Reveal News uh, it's the Center for Investigative Reporting. And um, this is uh, the title of the article is Facebook knowingly duped game playing kids and their parents out of money. Shocking. No, no, surely not. (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg just wrote a huge opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal about how wonderful a company that they are and never do anything bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is another one of those articles where the, the farther through it I reach, the angrier I get, the more disgusted I get. Because when you think it couldn't possibly get worse, it gets worse. Um, basically, what the crux of this is, is that uh, you know kids go on Facebook to play games and they ask their parents, is it okay if I spend 20 bucks on playing Angry Birds? And yep. their parents say, sure, here's my credit card. Give them the credit card. Uh, and then the parents are unaware that Facebook stores the credit card and Facebook doesn't require any additional authorization to purchase more on the credit card. So you've got kids racking up hundreds of dollars, in some cases thousands of dollars, playing these games. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, to make here's step one of it being worse, when, at, when people request refunds, Facebook denies the refunds. Shocking. Then, to make it even worse... Um, Facebook realizes they have a problem. They spin up some internal solutions within the company. Um, by the way, they refer to these incidents as friendly fraud. That's what Facebook refers, refers to it as internally. When the friendly children, fraud. Yeah. When the, Seriously. Oh yep. When the kids yep. are spending the parents' money without the parents' permission, the uh, internal term at Facebook is friendly fraud. 
Well, isn't so. that just a nice PR move? I love that. <laughs> right? I mean, I somebody in marketing really came up with that. Right? That's, I'm, my blood pressure's yeah. going up. And uh, <laughs> so they had folks within Facebook who recognized that this was a problem and came up with solutions for it, requiring mm-hmm. doing things like requiring kids to enter or anyone to enter the, the first few digits of the credit card just to verify um, that they would do this. And uh, sure enough, the higher ups at Facebook said, nope. Nope, that'll that'll hurt our revenue. More important to have mm-hmm. revenue than oh, I don't know, do the right thing or have ethics or any of that stuff. A um, couple interesting little tidbits from this: uh, Facebook was getting a chargeback rate of nine percent on these uh, credit card charges from kids. Uh, right. The article points out that the average chargeback rate for a business is point five percent. Yeah, they should have had their their merchant account suspended for that. Yeah, that's well, ridiculous. They, they go on. They say okay. that, uh, <laughs> they say a chargeback rate of one percent is considered high, and uh, the Federal Trade Commission considers two percent to be a red flag of a deceptive business. <laughs> so we just went right through that level, right up to nine percent. Um, the ninth level of Facebook. That's where we've gotten to. Yeah, yeah. Wow. This um, is oh god. How are we all still on Facebook? And they just continued doing it. Um, <sighs> again, thousands of dollars. Uh, there was a class action suit about this. Oh, by the way, also, guess what the uh, internal Facebook uh, documents revealed? How they referred to these kids who were racking up these charges. Cash cows? Whales. Whales. Oh, yeah. Whales. Just, these kids oh. are whales. Like the, yep. the, the gambling. The term yep. for bigwigs or uh, the high rollers. Yeah, whales. Yeah. So imagine that your 13-year-old kid is a whale in Facebook's eyes. I love this. For years, the company ignored warnings from its own employees that it was bamboozling children. <laughs> I love any article that uses the word bamboozle. <laughs> I really do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I need Facebook to be gone before my kid is old enough. I just really <laughs> need it to be gone. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, what's the funny thing is I have a 12-year-old and he has zero interest in Facebook. So that's, I think, is there's some hope there. Do they don't seem to be successful? Does he like to use? (laughs) Oh, everything else. Yeah, he's he's snapping the chats and he's, you know, (laughs) tubing the use and all that stuff. So yeah, Um, but uh, just another another brick in that wall of of Facebook showing their true colors and when given the opportunity to do so, even from within, choosing the. The, the evil wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You still going to stay well, on there, Brian? <laughs> God, it's getting. Oh, come on, man. C- come it's on. It's getting harder and harder. But again, go back and read. We just, I just talked about uh, this. Uh, this, uh, there's, I don't know if you knew this, uh, Dave, but there's a journalist named Kashmir Hill over at Giz- Gizmodo that is uh, chronicling quitting the big five Amazon and Facebook. And next up is Google. And oh. they're, they're fascinating reads. And she, wrote about leaving facebook and how it really made her life a lot more difficult made her relationships with friends coworkers, family a lot more difficult and at the end of it she ended up uh her editor wasn't on facebook or instagram and her editor read the draft of the what she submitted and ended up joining facebook it's that <laughs> difficult <laughs> right well so, so i'll send yeah. you the link for that <laughs> yeah i'll look forward to reading that um well and and so much of our social circles now run through it. Yes. yes. Events, parties, in, invitations to things, just um even just news runs yeah. through it and so they've they've got us. They do. Yeah. Sadly. Interesting to see if uh, try to imagine what it would be like if they get broken up or somehow meaningfully regulated. Uh hard to it's imagine. Hard to imagine. It seems yeah. like they're, they're needs just to. rotting from within. <laughs> There's built no on a rotten foundation, in my opinion. With all the op-eds he can write, all he wants about how wonderful that they are and how they're trying to address the issues, the track record is they're not addressing the issues. And like you said, they're given two choices almost every single time, and they always make the wrong choice. Yep. It's not getting better. Yeah. You chose yeah. poorly. Yep. Well, unless you're a shareholder, right? <laughs> well, even not there. It hasn't been going so great. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. 
All right, gentlemen. Well, as always, uh, we end on that chipper note. And uh... (laughs) always a good time. Makes dental surgery seem like a lot more fun, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. Maybe I'll go get another tooth pulled. I need a little lift for today. So uh, just grab a pair of pliers here and do it myself. What could possibly go wrong? All right, gents. I will talk to you next time. As always, thanks for having me. Ups and doodads. There is a great article in The Atlantic this week. Actually, it's not this week. It's a couple weeks old, but I just ran across it this week. It's called Don't Reply to Your Emails. Okay. And we, you know, we... That's not going to work well for you who's building an email list to stay in touch with people because you won't be on Facebook. (laughs) That's true. That's true. (laughs) But going back to unintended consequences, everybody's been on the inbox zero train since 2007 because... Merlin Mann coined the term, did a great Google talk about it on how to keep your inbox at zero and just clear everything out. You know what the problem is, though? It's a it's a, just a treadmill. You cannot do it. You cannot do it. So this article is just like, screw it. I never bought into <laughs> that idea personally. I never bought into inbox zero. I don't care about having inbox zero. I leave emails front and center until I'm done with the conversation or done with the task. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not bothered by having 50 emails sitting there. In my email box. I yeah. never understood inbox zero. Fuck you when you were inbox zero people. <laughs> Fuck you, Merlin. No, he, I, <laughs> I mean, I love Merlin. He's a great guy. But uh, yeah, this, this this whole thing is just puts you on a treadmill that you can never win because every day there's more email and you have to get down to zero. You have to get down to zero. But I have I've, 15 emails in my main inbox right now, and some of them have been there for three months. 15. Geez, let's see what well, I'm at. Well, I'm, at, I'm, I'm only down to 122 now. I had 500 last week. So I get about 100 emails a day. So I have to go. Yeah, see, I get far less than that. So, yeah, yeah, no, I. But I to... I, I'm not hell bent on clearing them out. I don't feel the need. It doesn't cause me any stress. I can. It's almost like it's like my to do list. I can see everything that I'm currently working on right now. Yeah, I can't do that. It's just one of those things where it's <laughs> the, the biggest thing now is just like I cannot check my email in the morning because y- you know what happens. It's other people giving you shit to do. And it drives oh, me yeah, crazy. It's the, the morning dump. Yeah, never. There, I, there are three times I refuse to check my email. I won't check my email in the morning. I wait until like I've had coffee and all that sort of stuff. I refuse to check my email around 6 p.m. when everybody's getting off work because then they send you the I'm leaving work dump and don't check your email on weekends. Yeah. You know what I really miss? I really miss Jordan Cooper's The Morning Dump podcast. I really <laughs> wish he would go back to that and get rid of the sports ball crap. I really enjoyed that. I mean, the last one was in 2016 and it feels like yesterday. But he's so sports ball. I don't even understand half of his tweets anymore. I don't, There's all yeah. acronyms and, I, and I'm kind of into sports and I have no clue what he's talking about <laughs> half the time. Yeah, no, I just miss that guy. Tangent, but, tangent, random <laughs> tangent. But yeah, this is a good article about just saying, screw it, man. Just right. screw it. Don't even worry about it anymore. And hey, I've been there forever. I've been there since there was email. It's it's a better place to be. Don't try to get inbox zero. Knock it off, people. Relax. Yeah, let it go. Let it go. Some people just don't deserve to be replied to. You can delete. <laughs> and I found this one over at Mac Rumors, and I was just gobsmacked by this monitor. This is I want this so, so bad. bad. <laughs> It is hands-on with Dell's massive 49-inch 5K ultra-wide display. It's a 32, it is beautiful. It is a 32 to 9 aspect ratio. It is redonkulous. 5120 by 1440. And it, it's, it, it's curved, and it's beautiful, and you can hook up two computers to it. It's amazing. I love that. I love the shot of one running Windows and one running a Mac. I know. This thing is beautiful. And if I wasn't using a standing desk where I had my laptop and the, on on the top, that's the problem. I have a big monitor and then I have the side thing with the laptop screen. So I've got the laptop. I don't have the room for it on my standing desk, but I want this so bad. I know. This is this is the case to like get a bigger house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and a and a better job, and a bigger podcast. Yeah. Cuz it ain't cheap. <laughs> No, it's twelve hundred and fifty bucks. But and you know what was even cooler when they had it in portrait mode. Oh yeah, I wanted to hang that thing on the wall and just just have art like cycle through it all day long. <laughs> I want this monitor. I, you know, I'm not really much of a monitor snob, but man, this thing really got me going. I really really liked it. <laughs> so this is the U four nine one nine DW. It's a clever name. Mm-hmm. Glad they're glad they're really knocking it out over there at Dell. I've what? used Dell monitors almost all my life, and they always have these really horrible names. They've never yeah. given anything a decent name. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm on a 27-inch iMac right now, and unfortunately, I have no more room on my desk because I've got studio monitors because I have to listen to podcasts all goddamn day. But uh, yeah, there's this would not fit on my desk. I would have to get another standing desk just for the monitor. <laughs> <laughs> it is beautiful, though. It is a beautiful thing. What's not beautiful, though, DeepMind, the, the, the people behind, you know, the AlphaGo AI that beat the, yes. the Go player and all this other stuff, they've decided to go into the world of StarCraft 2. Okay. Oh, stay out of StarCraft. Leave StarCraft alone. Well, <laughs> they, they put their new Alpha Star AI up against two of the top players in the world, and they got spanked. Right. They, they they played 10 matches or five matches each and Alpha Star swept all 10. And it just makes me sad. Stay away from StarCraft. I love StarCraft so much. And I, Apparently. Yeah. It's, it's a fun game, man. I've been playing it since StarCraft 1 on floppies back in the day. But no, now AI has come. And they've only gotten to StarCraft. two? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> if you StarCraft 1 came out on a floppy disk, they're only on two? Well, what happened was was World of Warcraft <laughs> came out, and okay. they really kind of put all their eggs in that basket. There is the the one that I'm going to do is they're releasing the original StarCraft, but they've revamped all the graphics to make it all HD, so you can play the original StarCraft on like a Retina monitor now, and it's right. you know ha- has better graphics because because it was all 2D graphics back then, and now it's going to be nicer. But StarCraft Two is fun; it's all 3D now, but. Uh, yeah, I, I, they just never, they never really ramped it. And I was always waiting for World of Starcraft. Where is World of Starcraft? But nope, they stuck with this damn Warcraft. <sighs> Only made them a couple billion dollars, I guess. So who am I to, who am I to say? Right. Brick a brick. My Facebook feed exploded yesterday uh, with Jeff Bridges' video. It's a teaser of The Dude. The Dude. The Big Lebowski is by far one of my favorite movies of all time. I've even been to a Big Lebowski fest before. Oh, my God, you nerd. I was just at a bowling alley. You bowl and drink white Russians. What's wrong with that? I'd do that. (laughs) I'd do that without the movie. (laughs) Were you dressed up as the nihilists? Oh, no, that would have been great, though. It would have been (laughs) awesome. Um, No, it's a great movie. So everybody was super excited about this because it looks like we might be getting a sequel. But unfortunately, as we've discovered, the uh, date that he mentions is the date of the big game. We can't say what because we have to pay them for that if we say that. So it looks like, unfortunately, it's just going to be another very uh, expensive commercial. Okay. So uh, so it's the day of the puppy bowl. Yes, the day of the puppy bowl. Yes. That's right. Because that's what I watch <laughs> on that day is I yeah. watch the puppy bowl because the puppy bowl is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So uh, unfortunately, it does not look like we will be getting his dudeness in another movie, but uh, hopefully we will be wrong. We shall see. Yeah, we shall see. So this uh, next one came in from a friend of the show, Bob Fogarty, through his friend Jenny Dreadful. And it is a page of vintage Yugoslavian computer magazine cover girls of the 90s and 80s. And it is glorious. <laughs> this was I don't even know what the hell's going on over there. But did you go through That's all of good them? hair? There's some good hair in there. Oh, my uh, God. Very excited women with their large computers. Yes, with their large computers. Both of them. (laughs) Yeah, it's a a very strange Yugoslavian computer magazine, I must say. No, it is weird. I mean, some of them are like S&M, like there's there's a woman tied up and blindfolded. It's (laughs) pretty crazy. It is. (laughs) A woman on a motorcycle holding a laptop, apparently. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, no, they're really fun. (laughs) I highly recommend you go check them out. Because yeah. uh, it's, it's it'll take you down memory lane if you're old like us. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a, a random one. Sweethearts will not be available this Valentine's Day. The little uh, hearts with the sayings mm-hmm. on them. Right. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're gone. They're absolutely gone. Oh. Company. Hold your horses, fake news. Okay. <laughs> they're not gone. Oh, what? As I found an article, follow up, relax, your shitty Valentine's Day candy hearts are still around. Really? Now, they've shut down production. Yes. Production will not resume until next year, but they have a backlog of these things, and they have a long shelf life. They spend 11 months out of the year manufacturing these things, 
and a cursory Amazon search by the author found a three-pound bag available for just over 20 bucks. Okay. There's plenty of these fucking things around. Okay. Okay. Well, they are basically Necco wafers, which, you know, those are the only things besides cockroaches that are going to outlast the the nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> but yeah. and Mark Zuckerberg. And Mark Zuckerberg. But yeah, I, I hate these things. They're, they're just disgusting. <laughs> But they are disgusting. But I, what I thought was great is every news organization in the world has picked up on this and is led with you're not going to be able to buy it. And, of course, they're all available anywhere. Journalism at its finest. Oh, man. Uh, maybe that's why everybody's going out of business. Yep. Could be. Yep. And in really fun news, this I would have put this in media candy, but we don't have one this week. Uh, David Tennant is launching a podcast. Go figure, because everybody's Everybody has a podcast. podcast. <laughs> but I love David Tennant. He is he is hands mm-hmm. down. He, I mean, he's actually beaten Tom Baker now is my favorite doctor. And I just love all his movies. He's he's amazing in Fright Night and it's just anything that he's in. He just rules. So he's doing a new podcast and it's called David Tennant does a podcast with dot dot dot. So it's an interview podcast. So the main people that he has coming up are Whoopi Goldberg, Sir Ian McKellen, John Hamm, the former prime minister, Gordon Brown, Michael Sheen, Kristen Ritter, and Samantha Bee. So, and the new doctor. So uh, Jodie Whittaker is going to be on as well. So I'm looking forward to this because I love David Tennant. He's a smart dude and he's got the best accent in the world. So I'm looking (laughs) forward to this. Closing shout out. My closing shout out this week is to the man, Caesar Milan, and the entire staff at the Dog Psychology Center up in Santa Clarita. We went up there yesterday and we had a blast doing an interview for the Jordan Harbinger show. Everybody up there was so amazingly nice and cool. We had a great time. We, you know, did the interview, took a lot of photos, walked around, and it was just really cool. This that was one of my bucket list items to to like eventually go up there and see the place. Unfortunately, it was a little too windy for me to bust out the drone because we had crazy winds yesterday. But I'll be going back with the pups next time and uh, getting some drone footage of the place that we'll uh, be sharing out. So if you want to follow Jordan Harbinger on Instagram, we'll be putting stuff up there. But man, what a cool place! I mean, I saw llamas, alpacas, uh, a macaw sat on my shoulder. It was really fun stuff. Is he trying to diversify? He he's basically trying to make the Disneyland for dogs up there. It's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. I want to be the llama whisperer. There you go. <laughs> Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. To support the show and keep us on the air, go to patreon.com slash GOG. Toss us a buck a month and we'll love you forever. If you'd like to give a one-time or recurring donation, go to GOG.show and click the PayPal button in the sidebar. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 315. From there, you can find links to old episodes, leave feedback, ask questions, and get links to stuff we like. Stay grumpy. All you need is music, sweet music. There'll be music everywhere. They'll be singing and swaying and records playing. Dancing in the streets. Oh.